Welcome to the International Trade Minute, quick fire trade news where time is trade. We are your go-to podcast for rapid and concise updates on trade and law, designed specifically for busy trade professionals. Sponsored by Rydell Law Firm and prepared by seasoned trade attorneys, our twice-weekly podcast packages your essential trade updates, all in the time it takes to enjoy your coffee break. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and join the conversation with a network of like-minded professionals on LinkedIn, where time is trade, make every minute count. In today's episode, we're exploring three pivotal news stories that are shaping the international trade landscape. First up, we're diving into a significant update in consumer product safety standards that could impact toy manufacturers and importers worldwide. On January 17th, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, also known as CPSC, made a move that could shake up the toy industry. They released a direct final rule amending the safety standard for toys. This isn't just any update. It's about aligning with the latest revisions of the ASTM Voluntary Industry Standard. Let's break this down. Section 106 of the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act, known as CPSIA, initially made the ASTM F963-07E1 standard a mandatory baseline for toy safety. Fast forward to now, and there's a new kid on the block, ASTM F963-23. This latest version is set to become the new mandatory toy standard. Here's what it means for the industry. Starting April 20th, 2024, ASTM F963-23 will be the rule of the land for toy safety. But there's a catch. If the CPSC receives what they call a significant adverse comment by February 20th, they might pull the plug on this new rule before it even kicks in. For those in the toy industry, this update isn't just about compliance, it's a matter of aligning with global safety expectations. The ASTM standards are internationally recognized, meaning this change isn't just a domestic affair, it's global. What's crucial here is the notice of requirements, or NOR, that's getting an update too. This NOR lays out the criteria and processes for the CPSC's acceptance of third-party conformity assessments. In layman's terms, it's the guidebook for how toys are tested to meet these standards. Manufacturers, importers, and retailers, this is your heads up. With the new standard coming into effect in April, unless there's a significant pushback, it's time to reassess your compliance strategies. Safety first, but also, let's keep the fun and functional. Up next, we're discussing a critical and evolving aspect of international trade relations, U.S. trade and investment controls, particularly concerning China. This week, experts have highlighted that the U.S. is likely to continue leveraging export controls, investment restrictions, and other economic policy tools against China. With the presidential election on the horizon, these measures are becoming increasingly significant. Gregory Allen, from the Center for Strategic and International Studies, points out an interesting trend. He anticipates more developments around the U.S. outbound investment screening regime, a framework still under construction by the Treasury Department. According to Allen, this might be a more significant trend in U.S. policy toward China than other trade restrictions, but not everyone's on the same page. William Reinch, also from CSIS, suggests President Biden may ramp up export controls and investment screenings, countering criticisms from Republicans of being too soft on China, especially in an election year. Emily Benson, another voice from CSIS, raises the possibility of the U.S. moving towards broader decoupling attempts with China in 2024. This could include new export controls, investment restrictions, and even tariffs on Chinese imports. She notes that Congress, particularly through a report from the House Select Committee on China, is pushing for a stronger stance against China. Benson warns that the committee's recommendations might be harmful, 
especially the suggestion to revoke permanent normal trade relations with China. Yet, she acknowledges their influence in shifting Washington's dialogue towards a more hawkish stance on China. And it's not just a U.S. affair. Benson highlights that European countries like Japan, the EU, and Germany are also defining their approaches to economic security. Italy, taking over the G7 presidency this year, is expected to continue this trend. This evolving landscape of trade and investment controls has far-reaching implications, not just for U.S.-China relations, but for global trade dynamics. As we move closer to the U.S. presidential election and watch other countries outline their economic security policies, one thing is clear. The international trade environment is becoming more complex and strategic. Lastly, we're unpacking a story that's stirring up significant debate in the world of international trade, how Russia is making a mockery of U.S. sanctions, particularly in the oil sector. Let's set the scene. Despite unprecedented U.S. and EU sanctions against Russia, there's been an unexpected twist. Russia's oil exports and revenue haven't just survived. They've thrived thanks to a major shift in their global partnerships. Deputy Prime Minister Alexander Novak revealed that almost all of Russia's oil exports this year have been redirected to China and India. This strategic move came after Western sanctions prompted Russia to reroute supplies away from Europe. But here's where it gets interesting. Novak stated that Europe's share of Russia's crude exports plummeted from about 40 to 45 percent to just 4 to 5 percent. Meanwhile, China and India have stepped up, now accounting for around 90 percent of Russia's crude exports. Now let's talk economics. The sanctions were meant to squeeze Russia's oil revenue. Instead, they've led to a significant shift in global supply chains. Russia has found new markets, and in doing so, the global price of oil has climbed, affecting everyone, not just Russia. The plot thickens with talks of a buyer's cartel, proposed by G7 leaders, to suppress the price of Russian oil. Economists and political leaders debated this, but the idea faced criticism and even ridicule. And then there's the matter of sanctions backfiring in other ways. Western efforts to deny insurance to ships carrying Russian oil? Russia's response was to buy Greek ships and transport oil on its own, sometimes even without insurance. Sanctions aim to isolate, but they can also create new markets. And that's exactly what's happened. Russia doesn't need gold. It needs parts, computers, microchips, cars, and more. And it's now getting them from China and India in exchange for oil. In a twist of geopolitical irony, U.S. sanctions have not only failed to isolate Russia, but have pushed China and India closer to Moscow. The lesson? Sanctions are a complex tool, with outcomes that can diverge wildly from their intended goals. Thank you for joining us on International Trade Minute, your rapid source of trade updates for busy trade professionals. And we hope to have you back for our next episode. Don't forget to subscribe.